Do you need some help teaching your dog where you want him to pee or poop and when? If so, I hope you'll check out our brand new totally free house training guide. You can find it at schoolforthedogs.com house. It's filled with lots of really good tips on how to train a dog to potty in the right spot, but it also is going to explain to you how to teach your dog to do it on cue. So go check it out. Schoolforthedogs.com slash house. And now for something completely different. Hi, my name is Annie Grossman and I'm a dog trainer. This podcast is brought to you by School for the Dogs, a Manhattan-based facility I own and operate along with some of the city's finest dog trainers. During this podcast, we'll be answering your questions, geeking out on animal behavior, discussing pet trends, and interviewing industry experts. Welcome to School for the Dogs podcast. So there's something that I think probably a lot of people who know me well probably don't even know about me, which is that I love old movie musicals. I grew up with a small skyscraper of VHS tapes balanced atop the TV of Judy Garland movies, Fred Astaire movies, Gene Kelly Robert Preston, and you know, I would watch these movies, like, trying to think of some of them, 42nd Street, Gigi, The Music Man, The Sound of Music, The Easter Parade, Oklahoma. I I would just watch these movies over and over, and so much of them I feel like is like deeply ingrained in me, and really it sort of informed my early view of what the world was like, which is maybe why adulthood has, uh, actually been something of a disappointment like it turns out if you're an unmarried woman in your 30s who loves books that doesn't mean that Robert Preston is going to come serenade you in the library while everyone does a choreographed jig around you I I think I kind of uh, put my love of movie musicals aside for many years you know occasionally maybe going to one if if there was something at the film forum but the the existence of YouTube has really made it possible for me to occasionally uh, dive in for an hour or two and watch some old favorite clips that they're, it's just it's like a drug. It just makes me so happy to um, see people uh, singing and dancing in these old movies. And uh, during these uh, these gray months of 2020, I have started watching some of uh, my favorite old musicals with my daughter, who's almost two. We have Disney Plus, which uh, is a treasure trove, and uh, I've made her some YouTube playlists that we work through of my favorite scenes from old musicals. And of course, I can't help myself from uh, finding little dog training lessons and dog life parallels in in uh, my old favorite movies. So I thought I would share a few songs today and uh, tell you how I've been thinking about them as it relates to, to dog stuff. I don't think there are 
any majorly important dog training lessons in what I'm about to share, but maybe it will just be a, a little bit of fun to share my thought process with you. And of course, to share these joyous, joyous movie moments. I am going to post the full videos in our brand new app, which you should definitely check out. You can get there at schoolforthedogs.com slash community. There is a section there specifically about the podcast, and that is where I'm going to post the videos. So first one that I want to share with you is from Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins was uh, uh, based on the P.L. Travers books and, of course, starred Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke, two of my all-time favorites, both of whom are still alive, fortunately. Julie Andrews, uh, this was the first time she played an amazing babysitter, the second time being uh, in The Sound of Music, which came a few years later. My daughter really likes the goat herd puppet scene in The Sound of Music, and every time I see that scene, I think, how did Maria learn to be such a master puppeteer at the convent, and what is she doing wasting her time with these kids when she has this amazing ability to choreograph the world's most exciting children's puppet show about a goat ever? Um, but uh, she's actually not in the first clip I want to play uh, for you from Mary Poppins from 1964. If you're unfamiliar with the story, this is from the beginning of the movie when uh, Jane and Michael Banks have chased off yet another nanny. Their father decides that they're kind of ditzy mother is clearly no good at finding babysitters so he's going to take on the task himself and basically what he's looking for is a dog trainer whose specialty is using punishment and coercion i shall put an advertisement in the times take this down please yes of course dear wanted uh, no uh, required nanny firm respectable no nonsense a British nanny must be a general. The future empire lies within her hands. And so the person that we need to mold the breed is a nanny who can give commands. You getting this, Winifred? Oh, yes, dear, every word. A British bank is run with precision. A British home requires nothing less. Tradition, discipline and rules must be the tools. Without them, disorder, catastrophe, anarchy. In short, you have a ghastly mess. A ghastly mess. <laughs> now his kids come in and they outline what a good dog trainer would be like. Just picture like a little golden retriever puppy speaking these next lines. We've discussed everything, and we're very sorry about what we did today. I should certainly think so. It was wrong to run away from Case Nana. It was indeed. And we do so want to get on with the new nanny. Very sensible. I should be glad to have your help in the matter. We thought you would. That's why we wrote this advertisement. Advertisement for what? For the new nanny. You wrote an adver... George, I think we should listen. You said you wanted our help. But I... 
go very well. Wanted a nanny for two adorable children. Adorable? Well, that's debatable, I must say. If you want this choice position, have a cheery disposition. Jane, I don't... Rosy cheeks, no warts. That's the part I put in. Play games, all sorts. You must be kind, you must be witty. Very sweet and fairly pretty. Well, if all the ridiculous... Take us on outings, give us treats. Sing songs, bring sweets. Never be cross or cruel. Never give us castor oil or groove. Love us as a son and daughter. And never smell of barley water. I put that in too. If you won't scold and dominate us, we will never give you cause to hate us. We won't hide your spectacles so you can't see. Put toads in your bed or pepper in your tea. Hurry, nanny. Many thanks, sincerely. Jane and Michael, thanks. Thank you, most interesting. I think we've had quite enough of this nonsense. Please return to the nursery. So Jane and Michael end up getting a nanny who is pretty much exactly what they ordered up. And she is indeed a wonderful dog trainer, but for kids. And watching these musicals, I notice how there are manipulative characters in a lot of them. I mean, maybe you could say this is true of most any kind of story, but very often there is a charismatic character who wants something and figures out a clever way to to arrange the environment, select rewards, and discourage or encourage certain behaviors in order to get what they want. The two other musicals I want to talk about are are about two different sorts of master manipulators. But anyway, Mary Poppins, and one of the first things she does is get the kids to clean their room using positive reinforcement and uh, some magic, which unfortunately is not a tool that most dog trainers have at their disposal. She sings a song, A Spoonful of Sugar Helps the Medicine Go Down. Now, at first glance, uh, it's kind of doesn't make a lot of sense like why is she singing about medicine and sugar what does this have to do with kids cleaning up a room oh my god I'm such a nerd I can't believe I think this deeply about this stuff (laughs) if I had known in college that there are people who go on to like get their PhDs writing about movie musicals and watching movie musicals and talking about the lyrics of the songs I would definitely have have done that with my life Um, but I'm doing this instead and it's great. So uh, she sings a song about um, helping the medicine go down with a spoonful of sugar. And, and I guess what that boils down to is she's saying, if you do something difficult, but then you're rewarded for doing that thing, it makes the whole thing a lot more fun. And that is uh, positive reinforcement training uh, part of it in a nutshell. 
But then, of course, the kids aren't actually doing any hard work in the song. They, they're just snapping their fig- fingers, and this magically makes their toys go back in the toy box and uh, picks their clothes up off the floor. So it all breaks down a little bit <laughs> for me there. But her, her general message is that things that are hard can actually be fun. You can find the fun. And I am always saying to my dog training clients that dog training should be a constant game for a dog. It's possible using good dog training to get your dog excited about training uh, in such a way that they're going to feel like all of it is just one big game. But why don't I let Julie Andrews's Mary Poppins explain. You see, in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun and snap, the job's a game. And every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake, a lark, a spree. It's very clear to see that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down the medicine go down medicine go down just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful way a robin feathering his nest has very little time to rest while gathering his bits of twine and twig Though quite intent in his pursuit, he has a merry tune to toot. He knows a song will move the job along. So I've also spotted some interesting dog training concepts in The Music Man, also a film from the 1960s, a few years before Mary Poppins, based on the Meredith Wilson stage play. It stars Robert Preston playing master manipulator Professor Harold Hill, a a lovable con man. It's 1912, and he is a traveling salesman going from town to town, organizing boys' bands, marching bands. This is like the John Philip Sousa era, and he gets deposits from families for band outfits and instruments, and then he skips town. Of course, all of that changes when he gets to River City, Iowa, where he falls in love with Marion the Librarian, who he seduces in a song and dance routine in the library, which is not to be missed. But the song I want to play you is from the early part of the movie when he has just gotten to town and is trying to figure out how to get people interested in buying what he has to sell. There's there's two things I want to talk about in this song. I think I'll talk about the first one and then I'll play you the song and then I'll talk about the second one. The first is that it's a good example of how you can create a secondary or conditioned punisher. Usually in the training we do, we're helping people think about how to create a conditioned or secondary reinforcer, but you can also create a conditioned or secondary or or tertiary punisher and basically what that is is creating an association between something inherently meaningful and something previously neutral 
money is an example of uh, a secondary reinforcer or conditioned reinforcer. You can use those phrases interchangeably because a, a dollar bill itself has no meaning, but because it is so reliably linked to food and shelter and so many other basic needs that we have, you're not born wanting money, but you're born wanting plenty of things that money can obtain. So eventually money itself becomes meaningful. Uh, in the other direction, if you're beat up repeatedly with a wooden spoon, a wooden spoon, which previously had been a, an object that uh, meant very little, could become a secondary or conditioned punisher. And uh, lots of examples of this, unfortunately, in dog training, but it's why uh, in many cases someone can just lift their hand without actually hitting a dog, and a dog will run away and get scared because they've learned to uh, associate the position of the hand that happens prior to getting hit with getting hit. So the hand in that position uh, has become a secondary punisher. Anyway, in this song, he turns a pool table into a secondary punisher by cleverly linking it to the townspeople's biggest unconditioned fears. So in uh, in this scene, <laughs> oh my god, I love this. I love I love this stuff so much. Like I'm so excited to play this song for you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> in this scene, Robert Preston is sitting on a park bench with Buddy Hackett, his pal, who who knows what he's up to, and he's saying, "Can you help me figure out some kind of common enemy? Like what do people around here really hate?" And right behind them, where they are on their park bench, there is. A billiard hall. Now, Mars, I need some ideas if I'm going to get your town out of the serious trouble it's in. River City ain't in any trouble. Well, then I have to create some. Must create a desperate need in your town for a boy's band. So why does everybody keep rubbering into the billiard parlor? Oh, they just got in a new pool table. They must have seen a pool table before. No, just billiards. That'll do it. You just sit where you are, and remember, if you see that music teacher... Are you Mr. Dunlop? Yeah. Well, either you're closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge, or you are not aware of the caliber of disaster indicated by the presence of a pool table in your community. Well, you got trouble, my friend. Right here, I say trouble right here in River City. Why, sure, I'm a billiard player. Certainly mighty proud to say I'm always mighty proud to say it. I consider that the hours I spend with a cue in my hand are golden. Help me cultivate horse sense and a cool head and a keen eye. Did you ever take and try to give an ironclad leave to yourself from a three-rail billiard shot? But just as I say it takes judgment, brains, and maturity to score in a bop-line game, I say that any boo can take and shove a ball in a pocket. And I call that sloth the first big step on the road to the depths of degradation. I say first... Medicinal wine from a teaspoon, then beer from a bottle. And the next thing you know, your son is playing for money in a pinchback suit. 
and listening to some big out-of-town Jasper, hearing him tell about horse race gambling. Not a wholesome trotting race, no, but a race where they set down right on the horse. Like to see some stuck-up jockey boy setting on Dan Patch? Make your blood boil, well, I should say. Now, friends, let me tell you what I mean. You got one, two, three, four, five, six pockets in a table. Pockets that mark the difference between a gentleman and a bum with a capital B, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. And all week long, your River City youth will be frittering away. I say, your young men will be frittering. Frittering away their noontime, suppertime, chore time, too. Get the ball in the pocket. Never mind getting dandelions pulled or the screen door patched or the beefsteak pounded. Never mind pumping any water till your parents are caught with a cistern empty on a Saturday night, and that's trouble. Yes, you got lots and lots of trouble. I'm thinking of the kids in the knickerbocker, shirt tail young ones, peeking in the pool hall window after school. You got trouble, folks, right here in River City. Trouble with a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. Now, I know all you folks are the right kind of parents. I'm going to be perfectly frank. Would you like to know what kind of conversation goes on while they're loafing around that hall? They were trying out Bevo, trying out Cubabs, trying out tailor-maids like cigarette fiends, and bragging all about how they're going to cover up a telltale breath with sense. And one fine night, they leave the pool hall, heading for the dance at the armory. Libertine men and scarlet women and ragtime, shameless music that'll grab your son, your daughter, with the arms of a jungle, animal instinct, masteria. Friends, the idle brain is the devil's playground. Trouble! Oh, yes, right here in River City. City, with a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. We surely got trouble. Right here in River City. Gotta figure out a way to keep the young ones moral after school. Mothers of River City, heed that warning before it's too late. Watch for the telltale signs of corruption. The minute your son leaves the house, does he rebuckle his knickerbockers below the knee? Is there a nicotine stain on his index finger? A dime novel hidden in the corn crib? Is he starting to memorize jokes from Captain Billy's whiz bang? Are certain words creeping into his conversation? Words like, like swell. Aha, and so's your old man. But if so, my friends, we got trouble. Right here in River City. With a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. We surely got trouble. Right here in River City. Remember the main Plymouth Rock and the Golden Rule. Oh, we got trouble. We're in terrible, terrible trouble. That game with the 15 numbered balls is the devil's tool. Oh, yes, we got trouble, trouble, trouble. I love this stuff so much. It's crazy. I feel like I'm like bearing open my soul and sharing <laughs> with you like a, a jewel box of, of things I love. And uh, God, I love, God, I love the music, man. So he does a brilliant job of teaching people to fear pool tables, the pool table as secondary punisher. But this is also a song I think about work to eat toys the selling of which of course is one of my businesses although i will not skip town after taking your money also have no plans to serenade the local librarian uh he is getting people scared about the pool table because he's saying that 
the kids are going to I don't have to explain it you just heard the whole song but you know basically we need to keep kids busy after school doing something constructive is is the line of his argument and what could be more wholesome than having them march in a boys band and I have actually often likened work to eat toys to after school programs for kids you know so much of uh, after school programming isn't about what the kid is learning the the parents aren't concerned specifically that the kid learn piano or ping pong or chess it's just they need to be doing something that's going to keep them occupied and engaged something that will burn some of their excess energy while they're in a safe space and if they are playing ping pong or chess or piano in an after-school program they're not also going to be out on the street doing drugs they're not to quote professor harold hill out there reading captain billy's whiz bang after school and drinking beer from the bottle with puppies in particular we do this with dogs of all ages but puppies in particular we we put them in a boys band after school program in order to make sure that they're not going to start selling drugs on the street i don't feed a dog his food in a work to eat toy because it's particularly important to me that he learn how to solve that particular that particular puzzle or that he learn how to get faster at getting his food out of it. My goal is to just have him use up some of the time and energy that might otherwise go towards ripping up the carpet or peeing on the couch. And that after-school program can be housed in a crate, which is going to make it even more or even less likely that um, that the dog is gonna get up to to no good if I'm not supervising every single second again. That's a lot of what after school programs are about, making sure your, your kid is safe in the moments when you're not there to take care of them. You know who else loves the Music Man? Is uh, Hugh Jackman, who was gonna be in the Music Man on Broadway, but then the coronavirus happened. And uh, in the app, I'm going to post a video of Hugh Jackman and LL Cool J together singing a, uh, a really awesome version of the opening scene from The Music Man. I could do this all day, and <laughs> maybe if, if anyone out there is uh, enjoying this, maybe I, I will do some more uh dog trainer dissections of musicals in the future but the the i just wanted to talk about one last one today which is annie a movie i was of course obsessed with as a little kid i grew up in soho and uh, there there used to be all these loading platforms these like raised metal areas outside of doors kind of like big uh stage like stoops and i used to run up onto those as if they were a stage and according to my parents sing tomorrow tomorrow i love you tomorrow <laughs> um annie is about 
a little girl living in an orphanage. It's 1933. And Annie is a, a great manipulator, but she's only a manipulator in as much as any young, adorable thing can uh, activate any animal's primal need to, to care, to, to take care. If you're a dog nerd, Temple Grandin's book, Animals Make Us Human, should be on your dog shelf, your dog, your, your, your dog book shelf, or shelves, or maybe your dog is a shelf. It was in that book that I first learned about the work of uh, Dr. Jock Panskep, who was uh, an Estonian neuroscientist who identified primal emotions, play, panic, grief, fear, rage, seeking, lust, and care. Funny story about the book Animals Make Us Human. It's one of the first books I read when I decided I was going to switch careers. It was right, I think it was right as I started Karen Pryor Academy, and I had a copy that I'd gotten from the library, and uh, I left it at my friend's parents' house in Madrid, and it was like a whole comedy of errors trying to get them to mail me back this library book, and I eventually just paid the fine. And then I finally got the book back, and I was like, what do you do in this situation? Do you, do you bring the book back to the library? <laughs> Is my payment of the fine payment for the book? I kept the book. And so my copy of Animals Make Us Human is actually uh, an old library book. So Annie, who is literally based on a cartoon character, manipulates everybody simply because she's, she's so darn cute and sweet. At the start of the movie, she's living in an orphanage which is described in a way that reminds me a little bit of what it must be like to be a dog in a city shelter. It's the hard knock life for us. It's the hard knock life for us. Static treated, we get tricks. Static says we get tricks. It's the hard knock life. Tomorrow, bye.
Santa Claus. What's that? Who's he? No one cares for you, us, me. When you're in an orphanage, it's a hard knock life. Then, of course, Annie is fostered. She is temporarily adopted by Daddy Warbucks, who is trying to improve his public image. Hits upon the idea of having an adorable orphan in his home for the holidays, which you could say is a use of classical conditioning, trying to change people's emotions by having them create a new association with him, associate me with this adorable child. He wants a boy, but ends up getting a girl, this adorable red-headed Annie, and this little puppy is very thrilled with her new home, even if it's only temporary. Oh, no, Annie, you don't understand. You don't have to do any cleaning while you're here with us. I won't? How am I gonna earn my key? Why, you're our guest, Annie. Cecile will pick out all your clothes. Blue is her best color. No, red, I think. Your bath is drawn by Mrs. Greer. Soup. No, bubbles, I think. Annette comes in to make your bed. Silk? No, the satin sheets, I think. I think I'm gonna like it here. If this isn't a movie about a foster fail, I don't know what is. Thank you for traveling down this road with me. I hope it was half as much fun for you as it was for me. If you have a, a favorite movie in which you can find a dog training lesson or something that explains operant or classical conditioning, I'd love to know about it. You can come tell me about it in the app. You can get there at schoolforthedogs.com community. And I will be posting all of the videos I played here as well. And uh, I'm just going to let the rest of this song play out in case you know a rescue dog who is living, living a lush life these days. I hope this makes you think of that dog. to take it away.
Thanks so much for listening. You can support School for the Dogs podcast by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, telling your friends, and shopping in our online store. Learn more about School for the Dogs and sign up for lots of free training resources on our website, schoolforthedogs.com. 